Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined this morning by Mike McNamara. Uh, good morning again, Michael. Good morning. Still here? Still here. All right, good. Everybody's here. Everybody's awake. Um, it is, we're doing a, a mid-year financial check-in uh, show. And first part of the show, we've been talking about budgeting. How did, how did you do? <laughs> did, number one, did you make a budget uh, earlier in the year? And uh, number two, how, how is it looking uh, now that we're uh, a little bit more than halfway through the year? Have you, have, have you blown it? Uh, you have extra money hanging yeah, around? Or or you, what? Yeah, or have, you, or have you done a little bit better than anticipated? Um, all right, so, and you know, are, and we talked a little bit about savings and, you know, how much you should be saving, and I think we'll maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we kind of have to relate that to Yeah, we'll life. talk a little yeah. bit more about yeah. that, maybe like for retirement yeah. things, yeah. but um, I think you said you had one more I, comment. I just had one, 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 one more comment, yeah. So, um, generally speaking, so if, if you're single, that's easy. We're talking to you as a single person, okay? If you're married, g- generally speaking, one of the spouses pays more attention to finances than others, okay? Uh, and and uh, I won't get into genders, I'll just say that Usually that's the case, okay? It would be rare for for me to meet two folks who are on top of their budget, a, ma- a married couple. Uh, and it would be also rare for me to meet no folks who were married on top of it. But, but the bottom line is that usually one is on top of it and tries to pay attention. And my, my comments would be for the other spouse, okay? Uh, I, the spouse that pays attention maybe you ought to sit down once or twice a year for 10 minutes and just have a little single sheet of paper and say, just wanted you to know, here's what we have for life insurance, here's what we have for savings over here, we're doing okay, we're saving money, yada, yada. We got a little problem over here that I'm working on, but you know, the, the financially, is the word responsible, the, the financially attentive spouse, I think ought to be able to sit down at least once a year, if not a little bit more often, grab the unattentive spouse and say, please sit down, I just need to go over some basic stuff so that you kind of know where we are sort of a thing. Because uh, unfortunately that, in the most of my clients are o- older, uh, that, that doesn't often work in my world. Okay, Maybe it works with younger folks and there's a tag team going on the expenses and that's great from my point of view, but usually not. What's your, what's your I, experience? I You're, think I would have to agree. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. it seems to be, and it's not I I can't honestly I can't say that it's you know male or female yeah. I think it's okay. kind of a mixed bag yeah um, but I think it's um, yeah t- typically there tends to yeah. be one person that that handles that or, or or has a better handle on it yeah and I because I know sometimes like if I um, if I give somebody uh, like a budget worksheet yeah. and say hey you know this is for you to kind of fill out and usually 
I never Here, know, I, take well, this. I, I never I never know who to hand it to. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and and, okay. and I would say fifty percent of the time, if I give it to somebody, they immediately slide it yeah, across the, the table yeah. to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. um, so I get you know I get it wrong about half the time. Yeah. And it, yeah. So there always tends to be a designated person, and that's. I think that that's probably. I think that that's normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. For whatever reason, I, it, I don't it, know if it just is. I don't know if they come into the relationship yeah. that way, or yeah. if it just if it happens over time. But um, yeah, somebody I think usually either either is more interested in it, yeah. uh, or or maybe is a little more worried about it. Yeah. Um, and then the other person just either yeah just doesn't have the interest or doesn't you know whatever. Yeah, and and the reason I I, I recommend that it's pr- pretty obvious uh, if that financially inattentive spouse all of a sudden uh, is a single person because of a death or because the financially uh, attentive spouse uh, is in a coma and you got to start you're just in a very vulnerable position not only are you having some emotional stress about a death or a disability in the family but you don't have a clue about the finances that's just like not a good place to be if something bad happens so so you ought to be kind of clued in at least on the generics so that you know god forbid if something does bad happen at least you got an idea about where to go because you probably aren't going to be thinking about too many other things at that time yeah. yeah yeah i feel like yeah and like the people that are the the unattentive yeah. uh, party yeah. i feel like sometimes they just for whatever reason they just don't want to know uh, I, I don't i don't y- yeah that's I don't, interesting yeah. i don't know if yeah. they're yeah. if they're afraid of what they might see yeah okay or okay. or if it's just just their their mental makeup that I don't know they just yep. some people just don't want to yeah yeah so for whatever it's worth there you, you know each spouse one spouse may know everything but another spouse ought to know a good chunk of it and keep it simple and just go from there that's all okay um, all right I'm done okay um, so you know I feel like we should talk about you know retirement um, stuff okay um, you know savings and and a couple of other odds and ends regard related to that so. Um, all right, so let's say at the beginning of the year, you know, you you had your plan for how much you're going to put into your retirement plan. All right, whether, whether you're single or, or uh, putting ten percent of my four hundred one k in there. In right. There. Okay. okay. And, or or maybe maybe your goal is you want to max out. Yeah. You know, depending. You know, then obviously that depends on your on your income yep. and and your your ability to do that. Um, let's let's say that's the case. You know, let's say you want to try to max out. You know, the allowable contribution to your four hundred one k for the year. Yep. All right. So now that we're in, you know, we just we've moved into August. So, you know, you can basically go back and look at, look at your four hundred one k statement, most recent one, and say, okay, well, how much have I put in? And you know, you can you know divide by seven. Basically, say, okay, I've put in this much per month. Yep. The, you know, multiply it by twelve. Okay, I'm on track to put in X. You know, by the end of the year. Okay. Uh, and am I am I on track for what I thought I was going to do? Uh, am, I, am I ahead of the game? Am I behind the game? And then you can, you know, make a decision yep. if you want to talk to payroll about, you know, changing your changing your uh, deductions. Um, this is, you know, uh, the markets are down a little bit this year, right? Um, I hadn't noticed. You hadn't noticed. Okay, <laughs> uh, they're down, they're down a little bit. Actually, I mean, things are. I mean, they're, you know. I don't know. The Let world hasn't come to an end. It hasn't. It hasn't yet come again. to an end yeah. yet again. Okay. I don't know. Where are we uh, year to date? Uh, Maybe like, let's see, 12, 13, maybe like 13%. In the last year, the market's off about six. So... The last 12 months. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, right. Um, Depends on where you want to count from, folks. I know I know. earlier in the year when the markets were down a little bit more, yeah. right, they started to come back a little bit. Yep. 
I would get, you know, I had a couple of questions from people about, should I stop putting money into my ooh, 401k? Ooh, okay, okay. Right? And, you know, so this is one of those times, you know, we're doing this mid-year check-in about to evaluate, you know, how much to put in and, you know, you know the mar- if the markets are down a little bit, that just means things are on sale, right? Uh, unless the world comes to an end. Unless the world, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. I, I understand, yeah. I understand. Things are on sale. And so, you know, let's, you know, let's please, please stick with your plan. Um, you know, I've, I've never really told anybody to accelerate their plan, their 401k plan based on, you know, based on markets being down because, well, I guess number one, it could continue to go down and there could be, you know, there could perhaps be a better buying opportunity down the road, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's one thing you don't know. But, but certainly I would never have anybody stop their contributions or reduce their contributions because or, the market's or down. Or change them and put them in the government bond fund. Right, yeah. right. Okay. We, right. Want, we want to stick with the plan, yep. uh, stick with the plan regardless of what the markets are doing. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to know what, what's going on in the world, but that doesn't mean that you should change your plan as a result of that. Um, you know, another thing about, um, so contributions, so can you, can you increase them, right? Like, so if, if we've made it this far into the, into the year and if your cash flow is really good, let's say you've got positive cash flow, you know, your savings has increased yep. and, you know, maybe, maybe you're only putting in, I don't know, four or 5% into your 401k, yep. just making up a number. Well, could you afford to increase it? I, you know, I, I would think that you probably could uh, if you have positive cash flow, and I, and I think that you probably should. Um, you know, again, this is just going back to the general rule of thumb that, you know, we feel like people should be putting in probably at least 10%, um, yeah. you know, 10% of their, of their annual uh, earnings in, into retirement. Um, so if you're putting in less than that um, and you feel like this is a time where you could increase it, Please, please do so. Yeah. I, by the way, I just had another thought about that too. That for, it have happened on occasion. So m- maybe in mid-year, you came into an inheritance, mm. okay, of some dollars mm. from yeah. someplace. You know, maybe fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. I'll make up a number. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, if you didn't happen to need that money, congratulations. Uh, and you wish that, you know, you could put it in your 401k, well, well, you can. It's just kind of like a robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of a scenario. So, so if, if let's see, I'll, it's, it's August, right? So this is mm-hmm. the eighth month, right? So mm-hmm. we've got five months left in the year, supposedly. So if you had a $10,000 inheritance, okay, and you wanted to put it in your 401k, all you have to do is increase your 401k contribution by $2,000 a month out of your paycheck, and reach into that ten thousand for two thousand a month to buy groceries and stuff like that. And presto, changeo, it's quite legal. So, so if you did a mid-year checkup, that right. might be something that you want to add to your list if something like that, like that happens. Okay. Good. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, good point. And um, I've told people to do that numerous times. And you know, the bigger the inheritance, the longer and the more you can get in. It's a great way to jam money into a four hundred one k if you're not maxing it, sort of a thing. And save taxes. And reduce your taxes. On top of that. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, no, that's a terrific point. Yeah. So if yeah. If, if you've had an influx of cash uh, from one way or another, yep. um, and, and yeah, so you can you can certainly increase your four hundred one k. You can't you can't just take that cash and put it in the four hundred one k. You have to you have to do it by increasing your payroll deductions. But but as Mike said, you can just you know then live off of that cash. Um, because and you, you might and you might even get more of a match if you weren't going up to the match, which yeah. is another thing I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that, that, yeah. Another terrific point. Yeah. You want to make sure if you know if your company is offering a match. Um, 
you know, please, oh, please make sure you're, you know, you're getting the, the full benefit of that. That's free that, money. Yep. That should be the minimum, you know, minimum, minimum, minimum amount that anybody puts in is, you know, at least getting the, the full match from the company. Um, hopefully it's more. Um, you know, another thing to look at um, is, you know, does your company offer an automatic increase? Uh, some 401ks, you know, you can set yourself up where, you know, at the beginning of each year, they just automatically take an extra percent uh, out of your paycheck. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a great thing uh, for a lot of people because, as as we said earlier in the show, you know, life life just kind of moves along yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, you're um, busy working on other things, basically, right? You're, yeah. prob- you're probably not going to think to do it yourself. Yep. Um, so if you can just, if you can think that one time, just remember that one time to set it up and have that automatic increase, uh, you'll you'll thank yourself uh, down the road. And I, and I honestly, I just, I don't think you'll even notice it. Yep. Uh, I don't think you'll feel it, um, but, but it'll add up um, over a long enough period of time. Um, all right, how about... All right, so now that you know we're halfway through the year, is it time for a rebalance? All right, so you know you're looking at your 401k. Wait a minute, yep. what is a rebalance? All right, hang on, don't right. go too fast for me. All right, okay. Okay, so in your 401k, you have some kind of a an investment strategy. We hope. We hope. <laughs> and you know, I guess for for. You know, let's we'll do the we'll do the kind of the classic example that we often use. Um, and you know, let's say you've got you know sixty percent of your money in stock investments and you know forty percent of your money in bond investments. One each. That's keep just it simple. Yeah, that's just one, one stock just, investment. Just one, one example. Yeah. We're not saying that's what you yep. should have. That's just that's just an example of a portfolio. And you know. What's kind of interesting now is, you know, stocks and bonds are both down, <laughs> right? So this might this not be the best example, but but uh, it, it still works. Actually, we can still talk about it. it so, still works. Yeah. All right. So if you re- okay, so what happens is over time, you know, stocks tend to do better than bonds. Yeah. So remember, folks, you bought a sixty forty because you were comfortable with it and you thought it was going to be appropriate for you. Right. Okay. So if if the stocks have gone up, you know, considerably. You know, typically bonds don't don't keep pace with the stocks, right? They're you know they're they're kind of bumping along, you know, a few percentage points a year, uh, whereas you know stocks can earn you know eight, nine, ten percent per year in in a, in a good year. Uh, and so, if stocks have done well and bonds have either you know stayed flat or perhaps gone down, a rebalance is just selling, you know, a little piece of the of the investment that's done better, uh, i.e., selling high. Right. Uh, Let me write that down. That sounds like a good idea. Actually, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, write it down. As, and it, as our buddy Hal Roach after said, it yeah. went up. You didn't have to guess about before it went up, right? You did it after it went up. That's right. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. We're not making any guesses about the future. <laughs> we're so we're taking a little piece after it's gone up. You know, we're taking those profits and we're putting them into something that has like either gone down or or stayed flat. You know, so it's on a relative basis. So we're selling high and and buying low, uh, so to speak. And, you know, we're putting the portfolio back to the original strategy. What you bought to begin with. What you bought to begin with. And, and you bought it for a reason, right? Yep. You bought it because it was, you know, an appropriate strategy for you. You were comfortable with it, and it hopefully would earn what you needed to earn to be okay, basically. Right. Yeah. Yep. You know, based on your time frame yep. and your risk tolerance. So if it went to a 70-30 because the stocks went higher, 
you got to get back there. You know, but that's that's not the way most people would think. But that makes sense once you explain it to them. You know right. what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so you know, so a good you know, I think you know, the general rule of thumb is you know you should try to rebalance your portfolio once a year. Yeah. Right. You know, plus or minus. Or, or twice a year if you the, do a mid-year review. The, right. The, right. The, well, there are <laughs> there are you know there are so many uh, <coughs> papers and research out there about you know the appropriate frequency yeah. of rebalancing, and yeah. so that it is. Um, it, you know, there's no, there's no perfect, uh, there's no perfect answer, just like, just like anything else. Yep. Um, yep. But I mean, I think you know, it, once a, at least once a year, yep. uh, I would say is a good, a good frequency. So, so if you haven't done it yet this year, uh, I think it's, it would be a good time to take a look. Yep. You know, look at your, look at your strategies. Uh, I mean, look at your portfolio and see, see what they are relative to what they're supposed to be. Yep. Hopefully you know what they're supposed to be, yep. um, and then you can um, put them put them back to where they are. Um, yeah, the uh, for, as far as the rebalancing, so uh, uh, we see more and more companies now having automatic rebalancing built into the four hundred one k's, which I think Some is do. a great idea. Yep. Okay, so that it just goes on cruise control and you don't have to think about it anymore. Um, the only uh, the only other I guess thought I'd have about this is that. So that that strategy that you have, uh, uh, if you picked it yourself and you and you know what you're doing, I didn't say if you think you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing, then great, congratulations. But if uh, if you're working with a financial advisor, drag that portfolio over, ask the financial advisor what he or she thinks about it, uh, and then you know they'll help you with the strategy. And by the way. You know, we'll help our folks rebalance once a year at our meetings. People walk in with their stuff, and we'll, we'll do the math if they don't want to bother with the math about stuff like that. But, you know, just, just make sure that you keep it at what you decided you were comfortable with to begin with. And, and that's a, you know, rebalancing is like the secret to making money over the long run as far as I'm concerned. It's, you know, it's just, it just makes sense. It comes out, it comes out pretty good in the end, no guarantees, but so far so good sort of a thing. It's a, you know, it... The, the the hope is that it that it might increase return slightly. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's going to you know change the numbers, but it, but yep. hopefully it increases return you know incrementally. Yep. But it also reduces the risk. Yep. Uh, yep. So there's two there's two reasons to do it. Yep. Um, so it's it's both it's for both of those um, that you would rebalance and um, so definitely something to look at. Yeah, I mean if you if you had a 60% stock and a 40% bond portfolio. At age fifty, uh, and you closed your eyes and woke up at age sixty-five, it might be eighty-five percent stocks, okay, and fifteen percent bonds. And a week after you retire, it might tank, you know, because of a stock market crash temporarily, sort of a thing. So it's 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 what you hoped for a risk and a reward mixture with that strategy, uh, and you know, it just just makes sense when you think about. It. So yep, so a, a good strategy and rebalancing. Yes, oh yes. All right. Well, we just have a couple of minutes left, but the okay. last the last thing I was going to talk about uh, on the on the 401k yep. is, um, you know, some 401ks offer a a Roth option. Yep. Uh, so a Roth option is where you put in the money, um, basically after taxes. Yep. So you're not getting the tax deduction that you do in a in a traditional 401k contribution. So as part of the the show today, we're talking about this mid year check in. Well. Where are your where where are you tax wise this year yeah. uh, versus where you thought you might be? Yeah. Uh, perhaps something has changed. Perhaps if you're a couple, uh, maybe somebody lost a job. Okay. Well, that's not good. But 
from a tax point of view, you're okay, well, maybe your taxes have gone down. And if you're still able to contribute to your 401k, maybe you could put some some contributions in as a Roth because you're going to maybe be, be in a lower ah, tax bracket okay. yep. than, than where you anticipated being yep. uh, earlier on in the year. Um, and so I think that that's, you know, just something to something to look at, uh, you know, look at what's, your, well, taxes in general, we can talk more about that after the break about, yeah. you know, where, what's yep. your tax situation yeah. Yeah. Uh, relative to, uh, to where you thought it was yeah. uh, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and, and Roth IRAs are wonderful investments for some people in some situations, but no one investment uh, s- solves all people's problems sort of a thing. So just because it says tax-free doesn't mean it's the best thing for you, <clears throat> kind of depends on about, 15 things that we can maybe get into if we, we get that far here. Sure. I think, yeah, it also depends. I think, it, you know, part of it depends on your age yeah. um, and, and, and other things like Mo- that. Mostly your tax bracket now and your tax bracket in the future is what it mostly depends on. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, all right. So. Um, mm, that was a pretty good segue. That was terrific. Right. Yeah. That was wonderful. Um, all right. So you're listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined today by Mike McNamara. Uh, we're doing a mid-year financial checkup. Uh, We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed, joined today by Mike McNamara. We're doing a mid-year financial checkup. Uh, we've talked a little bit about budgeting and saving, uh, savings and um, a couple of other odds and ends. Um, so I thought maybe the next thing we could talk about is... Let's talk about risk tolerance. Um, so, risk tolerance is, and we'll we'll be the first to say this. It's a it's kind of a fuzzy thing. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> it's wicked fuzzy. <laughs> okay. To use a Boston accent. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, uh, an individual's risk tolerance in in our field basically means, you know, what kind of, you know, investment volatility are they able to live with. Uh, and, you know, not change their strategy as a result of, you know, maybe unexpected volatility or, mm-hmm. and so this is, you know, this is one of the, you know, it, it, it is just such a, it's a imprecise. It's, it's yes. Yeah. We were, yeah. We were joking about the precise precision weather forecasting earlier and precision and how, financial advice or what? And it's tough. It is so, it, you know, it's so tough. Um, uh-huh. You know, when we when we meet somebody, you know, we we go through a little exercise where we ask them, you know, a bunch of questions to to try to help us gauge, you know, what their risk tolerance is. Um, because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but you know, more often times than not, somebody comes in and you know, one of the first things they say is, "Well, we're conservative." Never heard that in my life, right? <laughs> and by the way, maybe five times in my life have I heard the word "I'm aggressive." Mm. By the way, and I have a long life. <laughs> In this business, yep. oh my gosh! Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, okay, all right. So that's that's <laughs> good. That's, what, what's that mean, right? That's, that's great. <laughs> um, 
does you know so well we're conservative too yeah <laughs> what, what would you like to earn on your money uh, 12 yeah okay all right so there, there might be a there might be a disconnect uh, perhaps um so all right so all right 10 then okay yeah. all right at the, at the, so this is an interesting sort of time frame because at the beginning of this year Things were good, mm. right? Mm. Basically, through the end of last year, you know, the markets had been really, really good, and and then basically starting in January, things have started to come down a bit. Uh, talking about the you know the stock market, well, and and the bond market for that matter, and you know, so at this point in time, you know, maybe time for a little bit of a of a gut check. Um, if you're you know if you've been looking at your Investments and and you know watching them you know bump bounce around um, and you know how do you, how do you feel about that and you know has your you know are I guess number one in one one of the ways Mike that I know that you and you like to phrase it is you know are you losing any sleep over this yeah um, and if somebody says yes well then that's that's an issue uh, and that you know that either needs to be addressed well. It needs to be addressed, hopefully, just with a conversation that we can put things back into a perspective that they can understand, um, and it doesn't necessarily mean change. You know, altering a strategy, yep, yep. probably. Um, and that's and that I mean that you know because we need to step back, you know, take a step back, you know, look at the look at their overall financial plan, and say, okay, you know, maybe maybe you're portfolio balance has gone down a little bit but you know we certainly don't think that that's going to you know be the trend forever um you know let's 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 plug in your numbers you know okay so we have a slightly reduced balance now today maybe um you know we still feel good about you know these conservative return estimates looking forward does your plan still look good and if it and if it yeah. does, if you can put it in a context yeah. that makes sense yeah. for folks, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Hopefully that will make them. Hopefully that will make them feel a whole heck of a lot better. Yeah. Um, so the you know so the risk tolerance you know so there are tools out there that you can find you know to do a little risk tolerance uh, exam. Um, so maybe maybe do that you know and maybe see what you know see what it says and don't <laughs> don't do anything without you know consulting with your you know financial advisor. But you know maybe 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 go through one of those or, or call your financial advisor and say hey can I can I retake that that quiz or that that, uh, that little that little questionnaire as you know i have some very strong feelings about risk tolerance okay so let me tee off here um <clears throat> i'm gonna make a generic comment first that kind of makes my point uh if you are absolutely a, a a person who is absolutely clueless about investments and has no experience has a very 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 low risk tolerance okay uh, a person who is reasonably well educated about investments and how the investment world works, and uh, that person has a fairly high risk tolerance. So that's my first generic comment. And I, I, you know, my second is that I'm the old guy. I understand all the, the, the great f- metric quizzes we have these days and statistics about risk tolerance, but. Uh, I, I think that risk tolerance changes with the amount of education and knowledge that you have and experience that you have investing, mm-hmm. okay? And so if you have little of any of those, okay, and don't know anything, sure, you, whatever. So, so you know, as financial advisors, 
you know, we educate folks about what we think they're going to experience as best we can. We show them numbers about how much their portfolio can probably bounce around under most circumstances. But showing and telling and experiencing are two different worlds here. So people have to kind of go through it, I think, and then they have to, if they get through a, their first bad time, the next bad time is a little bit easier sort of a thing. So I, I, I think education and experience will change people, will lower people's risk tolerances over time, uh, assuming they've had good education and good experience. Increase. Yeah. Increase. Yeah, increase, increase it. I apologize. Yeah. Yes, increase their risk tolerance over time. Uh, and I, I, think it's, I think you need to have education and you have to go through it personally before you know it. How can, let's see, so I'm comfortable with my portfolio going down 15%. Well, if the portfolio went down 13% and it was a million dollars, they'd gulp. I'm down a million dollars. That's only 13%. We're, 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 oh, wait a minute. I got a different answer for you now, yeah, given yeah. the circumstances. So I, 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 I just think it's so hard to determine that for, with anybody, okay? But it, it's probably a lot, uh, a lot higher on the risk tolerance scale if you're pretty well educated and you've had some experience doing that sort of a thing. And, you know, my, I guess my comment to that uh, real life is that I've, I've known a number of the folks I work with now for 25, 30, 35 years, okay? Uh, and the, here's the way it works. Uh, and I, I think you probably know this now because you've been in the business long enough. If, uh, if folks get through their first bad time, oh, and, and they're still talking to you and haven't gone to cash and le left, okay, uh, if, if that's the case, the second bad time's a little easier. Okay, and they're a little bit, you know, they they kind of been down that road before. And by the way, you know, it, the folks I work with have been through three or four or five of them, and it gets easier and easier because they kind of understand that, you know, the world's probably not going to come to an end. It's probably going to get better. Been there, done that sort of a thing. And that's just that's just how it goes from a human understanding point of view. You know, you got to have that experience. To, uh, you can't take the tests w without having meaningful experience. Let's put it this way. You can't get a good test score unless you've had some meaningful experience, and most people don't. I mean, it's just one of those things. You know? You're right. And, yeah. the, um, and the test themselves often ask about ask about prior experiences. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, if you don't have yeah, any prior experiences, yeah, how, how, then, then the test is almost meaningless. Yeah, education and experience uh, will increase people's risk tolerance. And by the way, you know, the, the other... Uh, pretty strong feeling I have is that your risk and your return are related uh, and as long as you're a conservative person and you're happy with this kind of a return expectation fine if you think you can live your life on a 3% return and, you, and that's a conservative number for you okay, go for it, sort of a thing. We might disagree with most people. That, that's not inflation, by the way, yeah. living your life on a 3% return. But, but the point is that, that you kind of, you know, you, you need to connect the fact that how you feel and what you earn are related. Uh, and the more excitement they have, the more profitable you'll probably be, but not without excitement and uh, higher risk. And that's uh, education experience. That's all I got to say, okay? And, and as a, you know, I have, I have a doctor in education for a long time ago, so I'm not a dumb person, and I'm all about tests and stuff. But you know what? Testing for risk tolerance, I think it's kind of silly. Okay, we, we, we're required to go through it, and we do, folks. But it's well, not silly. It's, it's not really meaningful for a while until people just go through it. Simple as that. All right, I'm done. I feel better now. All right. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, so <laughs> has your risk tolerance changed? All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, all right, so I mean, there are a couple other things on the list, but um, you know, one of them might be 
just uh, you know reevaluating like your like your estate plan. Ah, okay. Um, okay. All right. Estate so. is such a grand word. Isn't uh, yes. It? Yeah, I have an estate. estate. Yes. Okay, you yeah. have an estate. Yes. Yes. So basically, like it just means you're not. It's, it's whatever's left when you're not here. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of yeah. So it's not the best. Not the best thing. Yep. Um, so, you know, earlier in the year. Okay. So number one, at the beginning of the year, did you have an estate plan? <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, if you did, okay. Now, now that we're you know partway through the year. Has anything changed? Um, you know, have there been any you know, death? I'm, I'm mad at my nephew now. Yeah, He's yeah. out of the will. Okay, okay. Yeah. that's changed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, births. You know, yep. new people. Uh -huh. People leaving. Yep. Um, you know, things things change. Um, you know, do you need to, you know, maybe chat with your estate planning attorney and update uh, update your documents as a result? Um, you know, like like you just mentioned. Yeah, if you want to change your will. Uh, as far as where you know money might go, or do you want to you know you need to review your beneficiaries periodically, right? So your beneficiaries are the people you have listed on on your various accounts, right? Like your four hundred one k, IRAs, Roth IRAs, uh, you know investment accounts. Uh, it's a good thing to review those periodically because things do change, um, and so you want to take a look at that. Um, do you have a uh, a power of attorney? Right, so a power of attorney is basically a document that allows you know somebody to act on your behalf. Um, you know, should you be you know incapacitated for a period of time, um, you know. So if if you had one, uh, is that person still make sense? You know, whoever you had listed, um, and so you might want to uh, take a look at that, or, or you know, do you need to change that? Um, in general, though, I think. Um, you know, an estate planning attorney will tell you maybe every five years plus or minus is a, is a good yeah. time to maybe come back and, and meet yep. with them. But yep. but it's still you know it's still a good gut check. You know, I would say every six to twelve months as an individual to just think about oh you know something has changed yeah, or you, we live in a complex world and things change and you and you own stuff and you know, yeah it yep yeah, it's one other piece of financial stuff you know mm -hmm. legal but financially related for sure. Yep. Uh, all right. How about uh, how about your insurance coverages? Mm. All right. Um, you know, do, do you have life insurance? Do you have disability insurance? Do you have you know long-term care insurance? Um, you know, did you? When's the last time you reviewed that? Um, did, did you review it earlier this year? Maybe. Yeah. But 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 probably not. I don't know. Um, so now, you know, this is just a, a, another reminder to, to take a look at that. Um, you know, if, if something has changed, uh, either if a job has changed, um, you know, if, uh, if there are more people in your life, less people in your life, you know, it, it's time to, to maybe look at that. Um, disability insurance, you know, that's something where, you know, if it's offered through, through your uh, employer, uh, we always think that's a you know a, a good idea because it's usually pretty short money yep. uh, to get it through an employer. Um, to buy it on your own can sometimes be a little more expensive, yeah. um, but but certainly still worth looking at. Yeah, to take a minute and explain short term versus okay. long term, just some people were aware about that. All right. Uh, well, sh so short term disability just covers a, a, rel a relatively short period of time. Is it three months? Three yeah. to six? Three Gen to generally three months. Gen generally three months. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you get, you know, maybe a, a, a 
you know, sick or a small injury or something that, you know, you're out of work for, for a few months that would cover you so that basically would pay you an income uh, during that time frame. Long-term disability would cover basically beyond that. Uh, so basically beyond three months and typically it covers you all the way to age 65. Uh, that's 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 yep. a, pr a pretty standard uh, number, um, and so it would it would pay you an income uh, up until what would be considered around you know quote unquote normal retirement age, uh, plus or minus. Yeah, and if you, if you're paying for the if you're paying for this yourself versus out from the business, sh you know the the odds of being disabled short term are really high. Surprise, surprise! The costs are high for short term disability. Well, if short-term disability covers three months and you had an emergency reserves account for six months, you'd probably be okay, mm -hmm. and you probably didn't need it. So if you're gonna if you're gonna get one of them, probably long-term is the one to take a serious look at first, given the circumstances. That's all. Your biggest risk is not being out of work for three months; it's the rest of your life, sort of a thing. So. I guess my thought, though, is for for you know, if if it's relatively short money, yeah. get get them both. Yeah, if you you can, know? Oh, sure. Yeah, if yeah, you can afford yeah. it, yeah, if absolutely. You, if you can afford them, get you know, getting them through an employer. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think that that's that's a good idea. Yeah. I, I but I know, yeah, buying it on your own is you know it is quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. There is a, and there's also a difference about um, you know if you pay the premiums out of pocket, then then the um, uh, the benefits are tax free. Yep. Um, and so that. Um, that's another, you know, another versus versus like if your employer pays for it, then the benefits would be taxable. Yep. So um, you need to talk to somebody in the human resources department, folks, and get some ideas about that, and then run that by your certified financial planner advisor, and they'll let you know about that. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Let's see. All right. Well, then we can think about. Well, okay. How about looking ahead, maybe? So now. Wait a minute. Did it? Did you talk about the T word? What? Taxes? Oh, taxes. No, okay. I hate them. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. All right. Okay. What, what, what would you like to say about well, taxes? You know, I, what, what, what would you like to say? I'd like to say that, that you, well, let's see. I guess uh, that, you know, hopefully you've got adequate withholding percentages. Uh, hopefully you don't end up owing a whole lot of money every year by default. Uh, hopefully you don't end up having a lot of money and a big refund refund every year. Although some people like to do it that way. It's, they do. You're just lending your government the money and uh, for free, and I'm not sure how... I know how I feel about that, but yeah. that's for sure. But, you know, I, I guess you just don't want any tax surprises. That's all there is to it. So so hopefully most folks have a, have, have a tax preparer that, that helps them with that stuff. But, you know, um, we have such a, a vastly complicated tax code... Um, most folks don't have complicated tax returns, but and they're getting they're getting easier. I'll have to say, but you know, if if you get you know, there there are some pretty scary things that can happen if you mess up on your taxes big time. That's all, and so it's just I hate them personally. I just hate it all the time. But that's why I have a, a good tax person and try to deal with it. But just be be aware of what your tax situation is, and if it changes, kind of go from there. By the way, that also has to do with short-term gains and long-term gains taxes. That also has to do with taxes on the sale of a house or, or investment property. You can mess up big time selling an investment property without paying taxes if you didn't know about uh, depreciation and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So just, you know, just be aware that 
Well, you want you want to make sure you get that right. So yeah, like yeah, like you said, if you know if you went if you pulled out your 2021 tax return, yep. and, and if you let's say you let's say you owed money, yep. uh, you know when you filed your taxes for for 2021, well, did you did you adjust your withholdings as a result, or, or maybe did you forget about that? Maybe. Yep. Yep. Um, so now you know it's not too late, you know, to do something about that now, because yep. yep. uh, you still have you know we still got five months left in the year. Yep. Uh, if you want to go. You know, talk to your um, talk to your HR, your payroll person, and say, "Oh, you know, looking back at what I owed last year, I think I think I'm a little behind this year. Maybe we could uh, withhold a little bit more, so that you know, if you spread it out over over the rest of the year, it's not as big of a not as big of a bite as if you have to come up with that as a one time uh, you know one time lump sum uh, when yeah. you file a return next year. And if you're about to retire. Your tax situation might change dramatically one way or another, or maybe change back depending on how, what your sources of income are in retirement and sort of, sort of things. So that, you know, at the time that you get near retirement and start collecting pensions and social securities, m- might be a good time to take a look at that. You know, going forward, just how, how it's going to be. What kind of adjustments do I have to make? Uh, I guess tax surprises are the worst surprises. I guess that's what I would say. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Um. I think you, yeah, you might have mentioned this or hit on this, but, um, you know, another thing is, like, if you have, maybe there's money that you have to take this year. Um, oh, I did not, but go, go right. for it. So, you know, if you have maybe uh, a required minimum distribution, if you're 72 or older, uh, or maybe, you, maybe you've inherited an IRA, uh, or maybe you've inherited... Uh, um, an annuity uh, that requires you to, you know, take take money out over yep. over a certain number of years. Yep. Um, you know, be thinking about that. You know, as far as when, you know, when do you do that? Um, if you can, de- you know, if you can defer. Um, if it's something where you have the option of deferring, yep. uh, then you know, does does it make sense to do it this year uh, versus versus next year or or, or down the road? Um, and you know, so in making sure to uh, you know again incorporate that into your into yep. your total tax picture yep. uh, when it comes to you know what you're withholding if you're still working, you know as far as what you're withholding from you know from your paycheck and and things like that. All right, I feel better now. You feel better about yeah. that? Yeah. Um. All right. Um. I don't know what else you have on your list. I had maybe one. Whatever you got's fine with me. All right. Um. So. Perhaps looking forward, um, you know. So, are, as far as are you prepared for holiday expenses? Ooh. All right. So you know, some people you know maybe like to travel uh, for the holidays. Um, you know, what about like gifts? You know, for kids and grandkids, as we talked about. Uh, you know, do you have do you have that money uh, set aside? Um, or, or, you know, now that we've got, you've got four or five months, you know, you could still, you still got time to, to set aside some money, uh, for those things. If, um, if you think that that's going to be a, a sizable expense, um, I don't know, anything else on that one? No. Um, I guess the only other random thought I have is that because of this COVID mess we've had for the last couple of years, that's probably thrown some people's expenses out of whack, uh, maybe to the plus side, and maybe people will start getting back into more spending more money versus saving some of it. I guess there's a bunch of statistics about that we could certainly personally verify with clients that 
when you can't go anyplace because the world's sick, you start saving money on all those things sort of a thing. So I think um, it's probably a good idea to to have uh, to, to kind of factor that into your expenses because people's expenses kind of changed with COVID and I think they're probably changing back. And so it's just kind of people ought to be aware of that sort of a thing. Yeah. What, what they were and what they are now may be different. That's yeah. all. Okay. Um, well, I think that's pretty much all I had on my list. I could kind of go back through the, the bullets, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think people ought to have, like, we ought to check off the the areas that they ought to look look at. So, yeah, okay, run, run that down. Okay. All right. So, you know, we spent a good, a good amount of time at the beginning talking about uh, your budget, right? So, you know, if, if you didn't set up a budget already this year, um, you know, it's not too late. Uh, to go ahead and set one up, at least for the you know for the remainder of the year and, and into next year, um, I, I think that that's that's a good use of your time uh, to see you know not o- not only where you're spending your money because I think that in itself can be you know eye opening, mm-hmm. um, but you know but how you know how much are you spending relative to how much are you saving, and you know if you need to adjust that. Um, you know, you, you, you just, you need to look at that and, and if, you know, if a year or two or three goes by and, you know, if it, it life just keeps moving. Yep. Um, and so, so you need to look at that budget and, and to reevaluate it and, and making sure that, you know, you're making part of that, um, you're making a savings, a, a, you know, a healthy part of that budget. You know, what that, what that amount is or what that percentage is, is it, it can vary and it, and it depends. Uh, but it needs to be, you know, it needs to be a part of it. Um, are you, you know, another thing is, you know, are you saving enough for, um, you know, emergencies, you know, for, for a rainy day fund? Um, you know, well, hopefully, of, hopefully you already have one and you don't ho- need to be saving for ho- one. Ho- yeah. Hopefully you do, but, it, but yeah. if you don't, you yeah. know, that, that, you know, that should be a part of your budget. Um, and I, and I think, I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know what you think, but, you know, I think if you if you don't have an emergency fund, and you know you're you're asking you know what should your priorities be, I, I think yeah. that should be number one. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have an emergency fund, you need you need to make that your priority. Or by the way, if you do have an emergency fund and you just tapped it for ten thousand dollars, you need to replace that. So you need to build that into your budget to do that. Or or pretty soon you won't have an emergency fund, and that won't be a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and that, again, that, you know, that emergency fund, the rule of thumb is like, you know, three to six months worth of living expenses is probably a pretty good target for yep. most folks. Yep. Um, you know, if, if you have, um, if you're a, you know, if it's, it's, if it's a couple, you know, two people together in a household, um, you know, if you have, if you have one source of income, uh, you should probably tend to more towards more towards the six months. Yeah. Uh, if you have two, or maybe even longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, How long might you be unemployed is another way to figure uh, out your emergency right. reserves. By the way. Right. Yep. Um, and I was just gonna say, yeah. And then there's if you're both working, then you know maybe you can have yep. closer to the three months, yep. right? Because yep. if you know, hopefully you know you both don't lose a job at the same time. That's kind of the the rationale there. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, what else? Oh, the uh, so risk tolerance. Yep. You know, take a look at your risk tolerance versus you know where, where you were six months ago when things were good. Uh, are you still comfortable with your with your strategy uh, based on what the world is doing? Uh, and if not, 
you know, have a have a good long conversation with your with your financial advisor, and and ho- hopefully you're still in the right place. Uh, but don't make any changes without you know without having that that discussion. Um, another thing was your retirement plan. Are you on track to contribute what you thought you were going to contribute for the year? Uh, if you know, if you can, if you can increase your contributions because maybe you had a, an influx of cash, as you mentioned earlier, you know, an inheritance or something like that, you can always deploy those funds, you know, into your 401k, you know, via payroll and then, you know, live off of that cash that you've uh, received. Um, you know, making sure that you're getting the full match uh, from, from the employer. Uh, is it time for a rebalance? We talked about, you know, you should rebalance your, your retirement uh, plan, you know, probably, you know, at least once a year. Uh, so if you haven't done that, maybe take a look and see how, how far out of line your investment strategies are versus the targets um, and see if, uh, see if it makes sense to do that now. Um, estate planning. Make sure your estate plan is uh, in order. Has anything changed so far this year? If so, uh, perhaps grab your attorney and, and make those changes. You know, review the beneficiaries on, on your 401ks and things like that. Uh, and last but not least, get, get ready for uh, get ready for the holidays and making sure you got savings set aside for that kind of stuff. And insurance. And insurance. Okay, right, insurance. All right, so you've been listening to McNamara on Money. Kirk Reed, Mike McNamara doing a mid-year financial checkup. Uh, thank you for listening and have a wonderful weekend.